everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with the first b-boy I ever saw in person, Yutaka from the crew's Ground to Air and The Ruckus. Yutaka comes from the Vancouver breaking generation just after crews like Contents Under Pressure and Straight No Chaser, and before my generation, which is crews like Guilty Feet and Now or Never, and is still quite active to this day. We get into a bit about the Vancouver history of that time, including the one battle that he feels changed the Vancouver scene, but also dive into the spiritual, artistic, and mental side of breaking dance and art. We also get into his history and recent dabblings in music production. Really great talk and one of my favorites so far. Hope you enjoy it. Peace. Alright, what's up everybody? We're here with Yutaka. Hey, what up, what Ground up? To air. Ground to air, the ruckus. Mm? Yeah, what's going on? That's great. Yeah. Everyone's good fortune. Good luck. Whatever you Just need, learn. good health, yeah. uh, no injuries, safety. <laughs> Y'all keep your joints clean and, and healthy. And clean is a weird word, but I like that. Clean joints. It's yeah. like rolling a clean joint, but you don't want to roll your ankle. It's yeah. good to roll joints, but you don't want to roll joints. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk to you, talk about freestyle rapping and no, no, no. We're gonna to talk to him about all kinds of stuff, but how about uh, how about freestyle? <clears throat> how about freestyle living? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that stuff, um, I usually get people to do just a little introduction in case there's people out there who don't know who you are. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is Utaka. AKA you talk a 604, AKA you talk a too much, AKA you talk a flock of flame and so on. Um, yeah, you talk a too much right now. Uh, who am I? I'm from Vancouver. I'm an Asian guy, as you can see. Uh, I have a Japanese background. Both of my parents are Japanese. I came here from there. I was born in Vancouver, November 2nd, 83. I just celebrated my birthday last week. So I just oh, turned 37. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Vancouver, grew up in the West End, uh, went to school in Vancouver, and then I got kicked out and went to Kitsilano, and that's where I met Dean way back in the day. And um, my brother taught me how to break when I was about 12, going into 13. So that was August of 96. So that's when, I, that's when my journey started uh, with, with hip hop. When I first started breaking, I didn't really know what hip hop was. Like I knew what rapping was, I knew what graffiti was, I knew what DJing was, and I knew what breaking was. I didn't know it all went together. And then it slowly and slowly, as I went on, I started to learn. Oh, okay, this is this is a whole world. It's a whole culture. It's a whole. It's a whole. You know, um, there's a macrocosm to this. So, and I just kept following it ever since. I've been following it ever since since that day, and here we are. And it's taken me some interesting places and I learned lots of things 
met some really cool people, made some good friends, uh, been having lots of fun, continuing to have lots of fun. And that's what it is. Peace, love, unity, and having fun. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those hey. are can't see. Utaka's got like a prayer wheel. Is that, That's what you call it, right? Prayer. Yeah, it's, it's a Tibetan prayer wheel. I don't know if it's showing up backwards on your screen. It's supposed to be spinning clockwise, but it, uh, no, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, yeah. those of you, some of those, some of those who, who, who you know me, you've seen this before. You've actually even spun it yourself. So that's yeah. uh, kind of funny. But yeah. um, so inside there's microfilm and on the microfilm is written millions and millions and millions of prayers. Oh, so prayers for compassion, for wisdom, for good fortune, all these you know positive things. So every time it spins, it's sending out all those millions of prayers out into the universe every time it spins. So that's the idea. How did you uh, how did you get this thing? Uh, there's uh, okay, so there's a meditation teacher that I follow, mm -hmm. and one of his students has a business where he where he hand crafts these things. Hmm. Yeah, so this is a custom made piece. Wow. Yeah crazy um yeah just kind of going back a little bit like uh to your history like yutaka is actually the first probably the first b-boy that i saw live in high school yeah like there was some clubs day thing and i remember seeing you there and you were like there was like a carpet set out i think it was in the gym yeah, but there yep. was like a carpet that was out there and it was like you and I think Jory or something. Yeah, Jory was there, Keen was there. Yeah. Um and there's like a whole bunch of people there. There was there must have been like at least twelve people there. Yeah. And and I was getting battled. That was the first time anybody called me out. Really? That day. I don't know if you were there for that. I don't remember, but maybe um, like I didn't get what I was watching. I you was saw me like, do that spider upside down headstand footwork, six step, whatever you call that thing. Yeah, like where you're on your head, your head is the center, and you're kind of like yeah. walking around. It's like a yeah, yeah, kind of like think a Shaolin sort of thing. That might have been mid battle. So if that's really? the case, that would be very epic. That was the first time I got called out. Key and called me out. I have no idea what's going on. And everyone's like, yo, he's calling you out, man. He's calling you out. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm this uh, 14-year-old kid, you know, just like, what, what the fuck's going on? So I figured it out, and I guess I'm supposed to battle him. So then I started pulling out all my crazy moves. But the problem was, because the concept of battling was so foreign to me at the time, I had no idea what a burn was, what a diss was. So, you know, and I guess Kean was a few steps ahead on that. Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing as many crazy moves but you know i wasn't talking the language so to speak right and um that's ironic i say that because his crew is body language but anyways <laughs> so so yeah he's like throwing cocks at me and like chopping my head off and all this stuff and i didn't even know what he was doing and then afterwards everyone was like yo man he served you i was like what are you talking about i did way crazier shit and he's like no man you didn't battle him back so it didn't mean anything and i was like what so that was my first experience battling like trial by yeah. fire right yeah i mean that's that's the whole head path head. i find that's the whole path like um yeah i just i just love getting in the cypher 
I don't care if I crash or look stupid or do something dope. I just want to throw down. So that's always been my mentality. I just kept throwing down, throwing down, throwing down. And it's like every time I go in, I learn something. Like anytime you go in there, you learn something, even if you fuck up, even if you roll an ankle or whatever, you know, even if um, you crash into somebody, knock somebody's drink over. Like these are worst case scenarios. And I hope that none of those things really happen to anybody else. But um, yeah, you know. Um, whether you do something dope, whether you do something, mm, or you know, whether you fall on your face, whatever, right? You learn something new. Yeah, yeah. You always learn something new. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're you're one of the guys that I always notice. Like, yeah, whenever there's a circle, whenever there's a cipher, you you get in there. But it's not like you know, me and Mark and like and Rory and some of our guys in our crew. There's, I think we learned it from Bounce. It's like this mentality about circles and you can have someone who's like a shark and someone who's a piranha. And the piranhas are like, they just rush a circle and they're like way too excited and they go in like a million times. But then there's people who just kind of take their time and they know how to like approach a circle and like just kind of, yeah, approach it smartly. Is that a word? <laughs> Intelligently. And just yeah. take their time and like, okay, I feel it now. Now I want to go in. Not to like just do it to do it. Uh, do it because like someone's watching or something like that. Like you are always yeah. kind of one of those people that uh, when you go in, you're going like, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But it looks like you're going on like just feeling and freestyle and like reacting or not even reacting. Like just you're in the moment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no space. definitely and like there's a balance right there's like there's going in too much and then there's not going in at all yeah, yeah yeah and so i find slowly over time you know i started off here and then you know i go back and forth and then i'll find myself in the middle but i never went over here never mm -hmm. went in. i never i never not went in so i always existed here yeah 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 and then now I'm like, no, totally, man. What you're saying, yeah, I'm feeling that. No, it's true. And I realized that, you know, over the years that, you know, I need to put more of that element in there too. Um, and I'm still learning that. Yeah. Uh, like, especially during conversations, it's really important to, to have those breaks. Like, uh, and this applies to music too. But mm. silence is yeah, very yeah. important. And, and when it comes to dancing, there's a lot that can be said in stillness. Like, for example, what's a freeze? Yeah. It's, it's stillness, but it's like the loudest silence. It's like <laughs> the most vibrant stillness. If you know how to do it or when to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true um yeah and like another one one of the other things too that i wanted to just kind of mention like i guess throughout my time i've seen there's a lot of people that are that i've met through in the vancouver scene and you're one of the people that's like a constant you know i think like with breaking or just anything i guess like people people come and they go and whatever but you're one of the guys that was always there. You'd be at every jam that you could go to. It was like you and Mango. 
Although I think Mango. Oh, dude, Mango. Is, but, yeah, but yo, that guy's awesome, man. Yeah, I hope he's doing good. I'm, you know what? Yeah. Now he's that you mentioned him, animation now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's working for um for Disney or something, right? He's been doing that for a while. Yeah. I don't know if it's Disney. Maybe that's Dedos that does, that does working for Disney. I don't Maybe. know. One of those companies. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's 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 really cool, man. He's a solid yeah. dude. I'm gonna hit but him yeah, up. Like you and him are so. you and him are always the guys that were like at every jam, you're there. You might battle, you might not, but you're always there repping and like just getting down and having fun. And I think that's like you guys it's like setting a good example. Yeah. I mean that's the most important thing. Just having fun with it. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoying it, you know? And then when you do that, that energy goes out and everybody else feels it on some level. And yeah. then, you know, it brings happiness to them too, right? Just yeah. ripples out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Mango's the first guy I ever entered a two on two with. For real? Yep. Oh man. I don't I don't remember what the battle was. It was some really small battle, but it was at Roundhouse. Right. Did you ever go to Roundhouse? You went there, right? No. So maybe that's this is a good segue because, like, I just recently talked to Jarek, and Jarek's kind of generation, a lot of the stuff that he was talking about was kind of, I think, like, just before you started. So it was yeah. like, or like kind of when you were starting. So it was like contents, his crew, Wild Style, and then uh, Straight No Chaser. And those were like mm -hmm. the big crews. And then, but, and you know, he was, he's been around for a long time, but I want to, if you can talk a little bit about maybe it's kind of like that middle generation, maybe, or something like just after that. Mm -hmm. So like the rise of, what would have that been? Yeah. Anyway, can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, just my nature has always been a bit of like an outsider, like a lone wolf. And so I never really got too involved back then. I went to a few jams here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I met Ground to Air after I graduated high school back in 2001, then I became a little bit more involved going to jams, rep and crew. And um, yeah, no, I just remember this, the scene back then. It was a lot more gritty. Yeah. It was a lot more mean. Like it was mean. If you were brand new and you didn't know anybody that was breaking and you wanted to learn, and if you approach anybody, let's say you go to like, I don't know, Harbor Center practice, because that was one of the practices I was going on. So you go somewhere like that, and it was intense, man. Like, people were intense. And I really missed that intensity. I mean, that came with two, uh, twofold, right? Yes, it was intense. Yes, that's really good for the art. But part of that intensity is that grittiness and that sort of meanness. So if you went somewhere like Harbor Center and you asked somebody like, hey, uh, can you can you can you sh show me how to I don't know, break? You know, they'd probably tell you to fuck off. It was that kind of <laughs> it was that kind of scene. Whereas now it's totally different. Right. You roll the rocks in the square and you know, everyone's willing to help you out. They'll shake your hand and uh, you know, they'll take you in. Yeah, right? it was a lot more friendly back then. 
And um, yeah, and I'll get it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it in a second. But um, or maybe I'm getting into it right now. But there was a point in time where that changed. There was a definite pivot point, like a pivotal moment in history, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that that happened. And that was after uh, ground to air versus body language at this right. Richmond jam. Yeah, you know that, right? And that then, was like the first jam that I actually went to. Oh no way, man! That yeah, was your yeah. first jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that and I was like, "What the hell is going? What is this <laughs> scene that I'm getting into?" Oh, man. that was a hilarious jam. But continue. I have some others. Yeah, stuff. no, I mean, at the time it was kind of fucked up, but looking back at it now, we can laugh. I mean, it's not funny that some people got hurt, but you know, it's not like anybody got killed or anything. But still, like I heard that um, uh, there's there's some pregnant lady that got hit in the head with the can, the soda can. Like, that's not cool. Jeez. Oh, yeah, that's not our side that did that. Just just for the record, none of our guys did that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to name names, but it wasn't our guys. Anyways, um. And you can leave that in there too. Um, I don't know. I'll let you decide. I'll let you decide. Um, so yeah, after that moment. Oh yeah, for those that for those of you that don't know, okay. So okay, man, where to start? Okay, so I was part of this crew called Ground to Air, and um, these guys I went to high school with. They started a crew called Body Language, and. There is beef. I I don't even remember how it started, but there is some beef that happened between our crews, between ground to air and body language. And so that beef ultimately culminated at this event at that Richmond jam. Was it skills from the underground three or four or something like that? One of one of them, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like two thousand, I don't know three or four somewhere like that but when i started yeah and so it was the first battle of the jam and was it the first one damn yeah it was the first and only battle of that jam and now that i think about it nobody won there's no winner from that jam because the jam it, it just got snuffed out which i've never seen before that i've never seen after that um, but anyways, uh, sorry, my mind's wandering right now. It's really hard to stay focused. Okay. Um, I'm just like logging back. I haven't thought about this for a long time. So I got to go through the Rolodex. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just remember so yeah, right? that. Yeah. It was like, it was like at the end of the battle mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. two guys yeah, were so- talking. I think Rory got into this when, when I talked to him, but it was like two guys and they were, they were kind of going at it and like, so so what happened hey sorry sorry um so what happened is they were super violent man like this guy james he really hated me and um he went to kitsilano too and uh at that time he 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 became a big kid like he was almost six feet tall when i first met him he was like four feet and for some reason i don't know i guess like in a matter of a year he went he became like six feet like no joke like he was a big kid and he was ripped and he hated me for some reason because because the guys like i said the gritty scene back then it was mean and he went he went through trial of fire you know um i think he was rolling with motion sickness who became retarded style breakers and from what i remember they tormented him 
they just really like they made him cry it was bad and so i guess he had all that pent-up rage and then he took it out on me because i'm smaller i don't know but that's yeah so then you know he he like during the battle he actually pushed me but he didn't just push me like he pushed me as hard as he can and he was like oh almost twice my size right so you know stuff like that happened like it was really violent like almost i mean i mean it did end up in a fight so at the end kian comes up to me and he's literally he's like i'm gonna kill you he said that and then and then nick heard that and he came up he had my back and he's like what'd you say and then kian said something like what what are you gonna do what are you gonna do pretty boy he touched his face and as soon as he touched his hey a little it's like a little tap on the face right yeah just like a little little love tap right not a slap just like touching his face like totally just dissing him he's like what are you gonna do pretty boy and then that's when it started and, yeah. and Nick had quite the temper too, right? So then that's when he just like smoked him and then and then all the shit went down. Um, and before that, there's a sonar jam. And again, James, he just really had some for me. And um, so he, he'd be battling me in a, in a cypher and uh, he fed the cock to me, but he put his hand like right on my face. So then I was like, pushed it away. And when I pushed him away, he, you know, knocked, it, knocked one in my face you know, right in the eye. And then I just, I kind of like fell down. And then that's when Rory jumped in like right away and just started fucking him up. Oh, and then, and then he was underage at the time. James is underage at the time. So then when the bouncers broke it up and everything, and then they realized James is underage, he got kicked out right away. And, uh, you know, the rest of the jam went on, but you know, stuff like that happened all the time. That's just what I can remember. Right. So yeah, the scene was really gritty. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, after that incident at the jam, nobody heard from them ever again. Like, they excommunicated themselves from the scene. Well, I, and saw, after that, I saw a few of them, like, here and there. And they they seem, the one the people that I met, like, I met Kian. I never met him before, and I met him after. Or, like, I think another guy, Victor, I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were, like, pretty chill and just seemed like normal people and whatever yeah i think they chilled out after that yeah i think that was a pivotal moment for them too yeah no they're really chill now i don't have any problems with them now this is a long time ago and they were yeah. different we were all different people back then i'm not trying to bash anybody nothing like yeah. that i'm just saying i'm just saying what i remember yeah. but yeah no I, I met kian here and there and i met victor here and there and uh i still talk to emotions sometimes and um yeah, no, they're they're cool. They're really chill now. I think yeah. they chilled out after that. And it's like younger younger mentalities or something, and people people grow up or they grow out of these things. Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. after that moment, the scene became nicer. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. that, that, after that moment, the scene became what it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, like you said. It, it's like always a balance, you know, sometimes that greediness, that intensity can, can like push a scene forward or push, push people to get better or whatever, that kind of thing. But if you go too far, you know, you get, you end up with like fights and people getting hurt and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, that kind of leads into the other thing, the other stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, cause you're a very, 
spiritual guy. You you brought your Tibetan prayer wheel and um I know like you know with these Patreon Q&A things you have very like thoughtful questions and one of the questions that you had recently was uh oh, what was it? Like how, how has your mentality changed I think? Or is it um oh no it's scenery how yeah, does the your environment affect your style yeah. and is there a correlation between your style and your views on life and stuff so that was a question for me but i actually kind of want to hear your oh like, you're gonna flip it back on me now yeah, yeah for now <laughs> it's like that now okay yeah okay that, that, that's cool i appreciate yeah. that um, well it's because like i always thought of you as one of those people that that would that considers this kind of stuff obviously because you asked the question right yeah, it's, um, I think it's a good topic of discussion and conversation. Yeah. Um, so definitely, no, 100%. I mean, everybody's a product of their environment and whatever's happening within, right? There's always an interaction between the environment and the person. It's all like one thing, but it's the mind and our, our intellect that, that uh, differentiates, divides, puts you know, labels and, and borders on these things. Right. But really it's all one. And so as far as the individual goes, the individual has their daily activities, right? So basic activities like eating, sleeping, going to work, whatever. Right. And so for, you know, us B boys and B girls breakers, that's one of the activities that we do. So really, it's no different than eating, sleeping, or working. It's just one of these things that we do. So that's part of the whole continuum of life, which is connected to connected to the environment. So absolutely, one's environment has um, effect on the style and mentality. Um, how? Um, well, I mean, that's different to every individual. Uh, when I'm, if I want to talk about myself in that regard. In, uh, in this topic um yeah i mean i can only talk about my own history right because environment is space and then time is flowing from one point to another continuously so those two things are inter, inter um uh inseparable hmm. yeah one of those words <laughs> and um so yeah as as we progress as people, our style is going to change. Um, and then there's like the whole macrocosm, microcosm thing, right? So if you look at one set, the one set has its different stages, right? You got your top rock, your go down, your footwork, your power and freeze, right? I mean, some people sometimes will mix it up, but there's like different phases to it, right? It's like a story. So every set is a story. That's part of a life, which in itself is a story. So it's like a story within a story. So, I mean, without trying, without thinking about it, naturally, that expression is going to be a microcosm of the greater macrocosm. So there's a different catalysts in life, right? So I find pain and, and suffering to be a... Uh, a very powerful catalyst. I, I grew up with a lot of suffering. Um, I, I got bullied at school. My dad treated me like shit at home. 
So when I'm at school, I feel like shit. When I came home, I feel like shit. So I had a lot of suffering. And the only time I found peace was when I was by myself. When my, both of my parents were at work. And so that's how I became a loner and uh, adapted to that. And um, so when I, when I throw down, that character is there. And it's not even about the moves, man. Like everybody's doing the same steps, same moves. Like you look at almost any breaker, you'll see, okay, he's doing a six step. Okay. She's doing headstand. Okay. He's doing air flares. Uh, you know, she's doing uh, coffee grinders, right? Like you could, you could, right. You know what the moves are. All the moves are the same, but who's doing the moves? Where is that move coming from? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so even the same steps, even the same set, you can do it at two points in time. It's going to be totally different. And if it's not, well, then you got to loosen up. You got to go smoke a joint or something. Go trip out on shrooms. <laughs> go think about life. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, yeah. But so anytime. <laughs> hey? But kind of not, right? Yeah. Sort of joking. <laughs> sort of not. I mean, everything's serious, but it's not at the same time. Okay. I'll get into that later. But um Man, so many ideas just flowing in at once, man. Okay. Um, yeah. So the move. Okay. You know, you know that saying? It's about the groove, not the move. Mm -hmm. So that groove is going to be a product of your experience from before and your experience right now. Mm -hmm. And then there's a contrast there, right? It's like, where, it's like, where are you coming from? Where are you at now? Where are you going? But that where are you going when you throw down is what manifests. And that's a result of where you're coming from. Where, where are you right now? Yeah. Yeah. Very, I would say very similar mentalities about all this stuff. Yeah. It's a very like Buddhist way of looking at things, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to, you know, especially like younger, younger people and they're getting into the dance and like, it makes sense that at the beginning people are really like, kind of regimented and this kind of thing but as you as people get more and more into it like this kind of thinking i think becomes more and more important of like learning about this whole side whole aspect of things and like it's not just uh it's not just well it's the it's the typical you know stereotypical sayings that we have the move it's not the move it's the groove and like everyone says those things but when you actually start trying to like break it down and, and really think about it and really understand it it's like this really complex deep thing that takes a lot of like inner inner reflection and you figure out a lot about yourself too i think absolutely and like uh you know when you throw down in these in these circles and stuff it's kind of funny like they have the other expression of like dance to dance to express not impress but like yeah you, i was just thinking about that you know you, and you, but you can't even you can't even do that without really figuring out like who who you are or what you want to say what are you doing like you know that kind of thing and uh so yeah like people who really get that when they and th these are kind of like the quote-unquote masters i guess or whatever but when you see them throw down like sometimes they don't even do anything crazy. Like a just average person would see that and be like, I don't get it. What did they do? <laughs> they didn't do anything because they're just yeah. like looking at 
visually what's what's going on but like you have more experience and you kind of know like you can just see like their connection and their their they're like that's them coming out on the floor and you can see the little details of personality and like like you said people can do the same move because but because of their experiences that'll they'll manifest it in a different way or whatever because of their history or that that particular environment that they're in right now with the people that are around them with the 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 song the particular song that's playing at that moment in the particular lighting in the particular venue and you can do the same set in a different environment a different place different time whatever and it'll come out different or it can come out different or it will because it'll be some, there'll be some minor little thing that'll make it that'll make it different yeah but anyway yeah that's really interesting what you said man like like an average person will see some could could see somebody like ken swift who's a legend he's a master and you know he does something that seems simple but then to those who know to those who understand the art they'll see things that the average person won't see and it's not even seeing it's like it's like the energy like you feel the energy yeah well it's like and little get, details like, and stuff yeah 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 but that he's a good example because when i was starting out like one of the first videos that i saw was this like random korea cup whatever thing and like they had this usa all-star team and it was like ken swift Flowmaster, wicket uh crumbs and zulu gremlin so there's crazy crazy crew and like when i was starting out i was like oh you know, I was really into like these Korean dudes or the Japanese dudes and they're doing like, I don't know, some, they'll do air flares or something like that. But Bag of Tricks was there too. But I was only noticing like, the, okay, that's visually impressive. That's really cool. And like Crumbs was like the man in that thing. But I remember seeing Ken Swift. I didn't know who he was. I was like, oh, this guy's like some older kind of like, what do you call him? Like stocky, is that the right word? He was like a little like thicker than your average kind of dancer. But I remember seeing him and I was like, this guy sucks. Who is he? Well, this guy's good. I've seen crumbs before. I saw him in like Red Bull or something like that. He's a man, he's the best. And years later, I figured out like, well, that's Ken Swift. And I kept hearing about people like, you know, who are your inspirations? Everyone's like, Ken Swift, Ken Swift, Ken Swift, Ken Swift. And maybe that video is not like the best representation of him in his like prime prime, but when I saw it, when I saw some of the other stuff and just learned more about the dance, like there's just so much stuff that he was doing that the average person probably couldn't appreciate. But now that I've been doing it longer and, and have more experience and just appreciation for, for little details and stuff, he's like the man. He's one of my favorite people to watch. I guess like this is just a random thing. It's like the first time you taste beer and you're like, this is disgusting. Mm. I don't know, for me. It's like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Right? And, like, how could people, in, or like wine, wine too was yeah. like that. Or coffee, coffee's like yeah, that. Yeah, coffee, too. yeah, all of these things. And you're like, you try it and you're like, this is gross. It's bitter and it's like, I don't know, it doesn't taste like regular things. And yeah, then, and then after that second sip, you're like, oh shit, this is my jam, dude. Yeah, well, like, you know, just later on, you you aside like whatever 
impairment effects aside, like there's times where, you know, I don't drink beer often, but sometimes I'll have, I'll have one and like, I enjoy the taste and I can, I'm not an expert, but I can like discern between like, oh, this, I like this beer. I don't like this beer and this beer is good and this beer is not good or whatever. Oh, this has like a bit of a fruity taste and this has a whatever taste. And like when I was younger, I thought that like, it's all bitter or like all coffee is the same and it all it all just tastes like burnt whatever like wine is just whatever kind of sour bitter (laughs) grape tasteless grape juice yeah (laughs) yeah like it's just bitter alcoholic grape juice now you try this stuff and you're just like you know you've refined your senses a bit like you can you can pick out the little details yeah, the details and it's like dimensions. There's like there's levels to this shit, mm-hmm. and it's like there's the surface level, right? So yeah, if I apply this to um, breaking, like there's a surface level to the move. You mm-hmm. see, you see somebody do a move, and you're like, oh, that's a six step. Oh, that's a windmill. Mm-hmm. There's like certain characteristics of a move that make a move what it is. But if you go past the form and you start to notice how it's being done, man, I don't know. It's really hard to explain well, it in words. It's, it's like, like it's like colors, right? It's like yeah. if you look at a painting, right? You see different shades of blue, and then those shades are making the waves. And then the way the light's hitting the paint, like yeah. these different details. And, yeah. and when you move, there's like the speed, there's, there's, there's a start in the be- middle and the beginning of the move. And then there's like mm-hmm. the different transitions of how to get into levels and moves. Yeah. Like What's those, the-, the whole flow of it. Like if you see, it's not even about the move, man, because move is only part of the set. It's about the whole set. It's about the whole delivery. And this goes back. That whole set is actually part of that person's life. Mm-hmm. it's like a seamless part of that person's life yeah well like that's that's one of the cool things about um and this came from like watching a i don't even know if this relates but it's a cool thing anyway um but like what you were talking about comparing the painting with dancing and like painting it's funny because like a painting is something that's like it's there and it's you finish the painting and then it's done and it's it doesn't change really right it's just there i mean obviously it'll change like it'll degrade over time or whatever but it's there but like dancing unless you record it which is a more recent technology like when you do dance it's there while you're doing it and then when you're finished it's gone and it doesn't exist and it didn't exist before you started moving that kind of thing and like um it just reminded me of this thing in like freestyle, the art of rhyme, when they're talking about freestyle and they're like, Oh wait, hold on. I have, I have that, that <laughs> DVD. I was going to pull it out. Hold on. <laughs> just for the, just for the screenshot. <laughs> ah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll cut that part it's hidden. Oh, Wait, is it right here? Right here. Nope, they're my games. Anyways, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> Freestyle uh, hard to run. 
yeah there was this part where they're, they're just talking about like yeah the art of freestyle and like sometimes they're they're going in and, and not going well yeah they have these like kind of circle ciphers and someone will go in and they'll start saying stuff and like I one of the guys talks about like you know it's that feeling of doing something like saying something and you don't even know what you don't kind of go you don't go in with a plan and you don't know what you're gonna say and it's that kind of beauty of like sometimes you'll do something or you'll say something that will never be repeated again and like those are the most special moments and, and that kind of thing and i always think about that with like with dance too or anything that's kind of in the moment kind of whatever performance kind of thing and it's kind of a some people i don't know maybe it's like a very western mentality that we want things to like be permanent and that kind of thing but uh you know it's something that i picked up from japan that there's like beauty in the impermanence and that kind of thing like the cherry blossoms is a perfect example they're only there for like a week but people go and they they sit under the trees and they appreciate it and real deep thinkers and buddhists and stuff like that will go and contemplate life and whatever that kind of thing but it's kind of cool just that 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 aspect of dance yeah yeah for sure man for sure um yeah and those 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 special moments like that that crazy line that is spit that perfect freeze at the perfect time hitting the beat perfectly all these convergences of all these conditions coming together at that one point in time and everybody that's there knows it and they're like oh shit they just blew up the spot um when that perfect beat drops at the right time and everybody knows that song and they're like oh shit like oh you know 93 till infinity that's one of those tracks that gives me that feeling yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole track actually that feeling from the track is kind of like what i'm talking about right now mm -hmm. um and then like there's that perfect piece the perfect throw up at, at this like rooftop where everybody can see um you know like all these things you know if you if you watch comedy you know things that are funny that that tunes into that same place yeah yeah that same place where these special moments come from so now now that i've experienced what i've experienced which is not that much i mean i still have a lot to learn but at this point in time what i understand from what i've been through um the hidden part of this dance and really anything in hip hop, but let's just keep it to breaking right now. The the hidden meaning of it is to tune into that that place in in the mind or the universe, whatever you want to call it, um, God, Buddha, whatever. Like it, it is, it's not important what I'm calling it, but that that part of one's mind where those special moments come from. It's about tuning into that and then like making that a part of you so that whatever you're doing anything whether you're you know eating sleeping walking doing the dishes cooking a meal whatever you know taking your dog out for a walk whatever like anytime you're doing anything you're always coming from that place so then everything you do becomes special mm -hmm. and so i think the point 
I feel like the point of that or the point of this art is to become that, become that source of things and you know, everything just being special like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, then, and then, yeah. yeah. And that, and then, then, and then you're a B boy or B girl because you just be, you be that. Yeah. Hey, that's, I, just I like that in there. I like that definition of B boy or B girl. Yeah. I've actually never heard that before. <laughs> that version of b-boy or beagle is like someone who just is <laughs> yeah well you heard it now yeah i'm gonna start using that i'm gonna credit you hey yeah. um maybe yeah kind of moving towards the last the last thing that i wanted to talk about was like your recent adventures with making beats and stuff and yeah can you talk a little bit about that like how how you got it came about and how it's been going and that kind of thing. Yeah, man. Um, when I was six years old, my mom started dragging me out to piano lessons every Saturday and I fucking hated it. <laughs> and she made me do that till I was 16. Um, and then after that, I think it was about, yeah, after I graduated high school, the ground to air times, then I started going back to the keyboard because I started realizing, oh yeah, this is music. What are we dancing to? It's music. Okay, uh, I'm feeling this now. Mm -hmm. And then now that I think about it, when I dance, what I learned from when I played piano, that's actually helping me. So then I started becoming grateful to my mom for, for doing that to me, for dragging me out every Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. um, and then so I just kept practicing keyboard, just wherever. I, I, I already knew all the scales, all the chords, the basic ones. So I just went from there. And um, I heard this pianist whose name is Keith Jarrett. I don't know if you, any of you have heard of him. You know who Keith Jarrett is? No. Okay, so this, so this guy, I think he's from like the 70s, back way back in the day, 60s, 70s. And this guy would go on stage. He'd have no sheet music, nothing prepared. He would just sit in front of the piano and play a whole two or three hour concert just off the top of his head. Yeah. So I heard this guy and I was like, damn, he freestyled all that. Yo, I'm a fuck with that. So I started doing that. I started trying to do that myself and I already had the foundation. So like, if you look at the scales and the chords and like basic music theory, you know, if you look at the, if you look at that the same way as like six step top rock, six step freeze, you know, He's kind of thinking of it that way, right? And then, then it starts to make sense. So I, I applied what I know from breaking into music. And then it just, I just kept going with it. I sucked at first, but I've been doing it for a while now. And I guess it sounds okay now. But um, yeah, I've just been going with that. So it, it's like it's, it's seamless, the, the, the connection between the two. Yeah. Like the breaking and the music, it looks different. It comes out differently on the surface, but at, at its essence, it's really the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, I've been seeing you every once in a while, you'll, you'll just kind of start doing a random like live session. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's been going on for the last like couple years, I guess. Yeah. About that. About yeah. that. Cool, man. That's yeah. good to see, though, that, you know, people just going into different things and 
you know, experimenting and trying things and learning things. Yeah, man, it's, it's a natural, it's a natural yeah. progression. Yeah. Uh, so whatever, whatever the essence is, that's the source of that expression. That's going to keep going no matter what, even after I pass away, it's going to still manifest as something else. Mm. And so right now, you know, it, it, it will, I don't break so much right now. I mean, I'm still maintaining my footwork and basics, but you know, because of COVID there's no jams really. So, you know, it is what it is. Right. But I'm still keeping that up, but I'm, I'm doing more music now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's the form that is taken for now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's that same mentality bleeding into something else, right? Or exactly. Into other areas of your, of your life. Um, exactly. Yeah. You said, and I remember, sorry. And Ken Swift actually gave a really good piece of advice. He said, every dancer, should pick up an instrument or learn how to DJ. Yeah. Because that'll that'll teach you about music. Yeah. You'll know you'll get to know music better. So then when you go back to dance, you'll have another dimension. And then again, it's that that groove behind the move. Yeah. 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 yeah it'll keep you it'll get you in touch appreciation. With yeah. For sure. For sure. Um even if it's like even if you never learn to play, like just thinking about music and trying to understand it on a deeper level than just like you know ones and twos like i even think like sometimes learning to count music sometimes like there's so many people that just never learn to count like i remember there's an interview with like clyde stubblefield talking about how he plays drums and like he's like i never learned like counting i just play yeah (laughs) i think it it was like you know there's tons of people are like that that they just they it comes from like here or here or where wherever you want to say it or it just comes from here like yeah wherever it, it doesn't come from this one two one two and like whenever i there was a period of time in like the breaking scene when and it still happens every once in a while where people they get really amped up and then they start going like ah ah and every time i hear that i'm like you are lowering the level of music in the like that's happening right now. You're just like reducing it into one, two, one, two. And then you listen to the actual song and it's like some crazy bass line that's like whatever. That was my bad bass impression. But <laughs> you know, like and it's fine. Like people are doing it for they're just hyped up and stuff, but you know. I think that that definitely shows that there's like that that shows where their at least perceptions of music are at at that moment. And hey, it's funny you mentioned that. And, and, and I just had a thought about that in regards to this conversation that we're having. There's like there's even there's even something really special about those moments. Like when somebody just really <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. get it, like there's something really special about that. Like when something's really off. Like, okay, definitely when the song is really dope, you're like, oh, shit. Like, you recognize that, right? But yeah, yeah. there's a flip side to that, too. Like, when the song is just totally off, that's a really special moment. <laughs> and that's why the Eric Andre show is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you can... I think... Well, I think there's a difference between unintentionally doing it and just it being awkward and then... Or being lucky with your unintentionalness and it being funny or whatever, or being memorable. But then, you know, like with Eric Andre, it's like, he, 
he's like mastered the art of whatever that is or like there's a some people some people don't like it and i mean some people probably don't like his show eric andre's show either but it's not like, for everybody tim, it's yeah, like tim it's and, like coffee though it's, it's an acquired taste yeah exactly right but like tim and eric tim and eric's awesome show that's great another, show that's another Super acquired random. taste but if you look at if you look at i think it was one of the guys tim heidecker and he does yeah. he has like a character that he does at at, at a random super local stand-up places and it's yeah. basically it's him it's him um pretending to be like a brand new or like a an up-and-coming very green kind of comic yeah Telling yeah him, he's like, all super, stuttering like um um, um awkward his transitions <laughs> are terrible and like yeah. just but like it's the way that that he does it that makes it so good and i think like as it's the kind of thing like when i was younger and i was getting into dance and it's kind of this ego thing but like we had a really close friend who was just super awkward like physically and his movement was just kind of he just moved awkwardly and like yeah. there was a dance and he basically did the elaine the Elaine dance from Seinfeld. It's just like the Elaine dance. I don't, I don't know if that <laughs> the, makes sense. The two step, the, the Elaine two step. Yeah. But it's like, you know, just super awkward. And then me and my friend yeah. would sometimes try and imitate it, but we we're like, that's actually really hard to yeah, imitate. You can't do it. It's and not like, your move. <laughs> yeah. So it's like someone who can, who's mastered the art of doing awkward, like bad comedy. I respect that. Like that takes real effort and real time and dedication to do it. That's really dialing into the to the the deeper level of the craft. Yeah, yeah, if you did that yeah. from the surface level, it would not be funny. Well, it's people like Nor it's like Norm McDonald. He's another guy that some people are like he's just not funny. Like and and to me like a lot of times it's like that's that's the joke like that's what's funny it's not that he's like it's the way that he's telling it and this like kind of character that he's built up of like he's telling like dad jokes and stuff and he tells this long-winded <laughs> super long setup and you think it's gonna have this great punchline and he just yeah. ends it with like this crappy pun <laughs> you know but it's like he knows exactly what he's doing and yeah. yeah then then the punchline transcends the punchline yeah yeah it's but that's like, like uh, that's like the deep uh appreciation for whatever you're doing and so like yeah. all the comics they he's like a comics comic i guess Ooh, and i yeah. you know you can think of it too with like it's like someone who in breaking who's like so good at i don't know just like basics like there's a round that I saw with Poe one and it's just like the cipher battle with I think Pepito and they he does this one thing it's literally like five seconds long a five second round or like 10, 10 seconds maximum and he just does this little little like I don't know back and forth sort of go down thing and into a sweep but it's like the way that he did it it was so basic but if you tried to do that and make it look like that you can't do it everyone can do that move Everyone can do that transition, that go down, but it's like 
you know, that extra, the years of experience that went into that sweep, that, like what we were talking about before. And then he just does this little, like, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. He, Paul one is definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Has yeah. dialed into that deeper level of the craft. Yeah. It's like Dig Dug, you know, Dig Dug, that <laughs> video game. You have, right, you have, like, the top, and you have the bottom, you're, like, fucking digging through that shit. But it's all, like, um, like, on this level, it's the same, right? <laughs> but this level is definitely not the same. So yeah, yeah. so when you're looking at this level, you're like, oh, that's a coffee grinder. That's yeah, a six yeah. set. That's blah, blah, blah. That's this. That's that. Oh, what's the name of that move? What's the name of that move? But, yeah, like, like you said, he's got so much experience doing that go-down and just mm -hmm. dancing in general that he's doing the same move at this level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a deeper level. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And you, you, if, if, you, if you're tuned into that, you'll recognize it yeah. and then that'll open something up in you yeah for sure there's a, there's, yeah right there's a trailer called spirit of the sun i don't know if you've seen that before you seen that no okay i'll send it to you later yeah but it was um i think the crew's name was sour patch oh okay yeah it's a, that really sour abstract patch. yeah that really abstract arizona style mm -hmm. arizona las vegas style and man when i first saw that trailer it just totally changed everything man yeah the way i approached dancing after watching that yeah well, that was like um, detours for me yeah detours is another one this that's that's got the same quality too and those all those guys are like kind of interconnected in there like mm -hmm. yeah. cujo and um elsewhere yeah well like they featured a whole bunch of people too robzilla too but like they had features yeah, of, of all like a bunch of sour patch people and circle of fire and i think even just like style elements and then they they even had like ken swift and like that's the thing about ken swift like when i think about guys like say crazy legs and even crazy legs has his own sort of like you know non-traditional kind of things but like he's more traditional but like ken swift's stuff he, he has that, like, to me, that's why I think he's the best. He had that perfect blend of, like, this is, okay, this is the essence of breaking how it was, that early, whatever, traditional New York style, mixed with just, like, random, not random, but, like, just kind of outside-the-box thinking. And, yeah, like, he blended those two together so well. Yeah, and it's like it's almost like he's the pivotal point of that. That he's like the bridge between that yeah. those two eras, those two those two uh, mindsets, approaches to the art. It's yeah, like he yeah. opened up. He opened up that gate. Yeah, well, like he's got really strong foundation, like super solid foundation. But yeah, like he said, he's also got that out of the box thing, like his, his new ideas. So then you have the ground of the stable foundation and then like whatever originality character or any kind of weird stuff you come up with, you know, standing on that. Yeah. 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 Standing on that. And then that, that's what makes the presentation so solid because mm -hmm. you have the ground. Whereas if there's no ground, no foundation and all this weird stuff comes out, you're just flailing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing... Right. Yeah. You got to build <laughs> off of something. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is the kind of thing that we can just talk endlessly about. So, I want yeah. to, 
move on. Well, I met Rob Zilla once. I'm, yeah. I met him. I met him in LA. I went to this uh, this knuckleheads gym, and I thought I thought he was cross one. <laughs> what? So I went up to him. I was like, "Yo, are you cross one?" He's like, "No, man, I'm Rob Zilla." I'm like, "Oh shit! Oh, what's up, dude?" Then we talking. <laughs> this is my little Rob Zilla story. That's a nice little icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, just a little random, whatever you know. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So I want to get into. You wanted to do a little like live set sort of thing hey yeah, yeah. So if, why, don't we, uh, why don't we get into if, that if i can graciously be allowed to do so yeah i'll give you some sauce i'll go for about 10 minutes is that cool yeah yeah, yeah.
crazy that was like a jazz yeah. jazz hip-hop kind of set thing whatever <laughs> that's cool man these days man yeah yeah you can really see your piano technique coming up thanks mom hey no worries man thanks for having me yeah um yeah cool well yeah again thank you for for sharing all your perspectives and we were starting to go to space there a bit i had to, had to hey man back. that's good shit right in. there yeah that's what that's i like but right i know those kind of talks can go for like four hours or whatever and oh, sometimes yeah. we'll just talk about the same thing again and again but it's still entertaining for us <laughs> yeah but it's like what we we're just saying right you, yeah the same thing is said again and again but every time you say it every time it's heard there's a whole another level to it yeah exactly there's levels to this shit. yeah exactly so yeah. yeah we'll have to do this again sometime in the future word yeah yeah, yeah. really good it's fun really good hearing your perspective and stuff and hearing your was music. that was that already an hour and a half almost an hour and a half i think so yeah we started around about five yeah it's like an hour and 15 minutes man time just woo. Time flies right man it flies dude yeah yeah well, ground to air yeah ruckus rest in peace yeah if you have any any last things that you want to share with people you can you can yeah man just it really it's it all comes down to peace right find your own inner peace when you find your own inner peace there's love when you have love there's happiness oh wait peace love unity that's right sorry unity you're at one with yourself when you're at one with yourself you're at one with others and when you're really at one with yourself and others, then everything you do is fun. So, right on. yeah, that's with that. With that, peace for now. All right. Yeah, we're out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Taka. We're hey. out. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.